0: Principal Matters Podcast, episode 344. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week I'm back with my co host, Jen Schwanke, author. Deputy Superintendent at Dublin City Schools in Dublin, Ohio, Jen Schwanke. Welcome back to Principal Matters Podcast. Before I even say what our topic is going to be, because we're going to do questions from listeners today, I just want to say, hey, how are you as you step into, what did you call it before we recorded, the 90 days of of May?
1: Yes, I did call it that. That's a truism from my superintendent. He calls it the 90 days of May which means we have about 640 left in May, I think, if my math is right. <laughs> so, yeah, I know all all school leaders and educators are, they're tired. We're, we see the finish line, but it's still a ways to go.
0: I have said this so many times, but my wife loves to call it may because she's like, well, there's no worse time in the life of an administrative spouse than December and May because, uh, school leaders are never seen. Um, you just kind of live at school. You you live there, sleep there, uh, and you go to every event that every event you could possibly imagine is happening this month, especially if you're doing graduations, uh, this episode, Jen, if we stay on schedule, will probably be coming out like middle of May, May 17th, somewhere around there. So if you're listening to this principal matters and maybe you're a lucky school that started so early, you've already been wrapping up, then you'll be smiling as we talk about May Simber. And if you're one of those, that's not wrapping up until the end of May or the beginning of June, or maybe you're year round. Yeah, or maybe well,
1: some, yeah. yeah, many districts don't get out till the end of June.
0: Yeah. Or we've yeah. got Australian listeners who are just looking at us and laughing because they're completely in a different season of the year yeah. than we are. Yeah. And they're like, you guys are talking about the end of the school year okay. and we're still in the first half of ours. So who knows where you are when you're listening to this episode. Jen, I want to say this because I always forget to celebrate. I think I mentioned this a couple of episodes back, but it was like toward the end of an episode. But I just want to say at the beginning of this episode, thank you to Principal Matters listeners because it's probably been two or three months ago and I forget to tell listeners these things that we, we topped 1 million downloads for the Principal Matters podcast in its overall listens. And so I just want to say thank you to leaders and educators who make this a regular part of your listening routine. Jen and I appreciate you. And Jen, one of those listeners reached out to us just recently, and I'm going to read the question, and we're just going to park here for a little bit, if that's okay with you. And this question is really about wrapping up the school year and all of the emotions involved, but I'm just going to read verbatim here. I am an assistant principal with four years of experience, and this has truly been a rough year and a tough four years at this school. I know that God is using this experience to prepare me for what's coming, but I am exhausted mentally, physically, and emotionally. I'm being pulled and is in so many directions trying to help and support everyone, and it is taking a toll on me. Someday I want to step out and apply for principal positions, but how do I move forward when I find myself being too tired in my present work to even find the energy to update my resume or other application materials? Do you have any suggestions? So principal managers, listeners, we're just going to park here for a little bit because Jen, we've got a, a admin who I'm sure is probably reflecting the feelings and emotions of a lot of people out there right now.
1: Absolutely. And and I do hear this. I, I definitely think it's important to remember the time of year. And, and I would say that if this listener had reached out in December too, and I would, I would say it if it were February or March, anytime, like what is it that's that has happened what's the antecedent to this email was it one event or is it you know death by a thousand paper cuts is it is it a ton of little things um so I think well you and I have you know we have some ideas here we want to share and I think really it comes down to the root is we've got to get to to what it is that's creating this level of of frustration anxiety angst um hopelessness all of those things that's that's what we want to break down today
0: well we do and there are so many different directions that we can go here but let me just start with the first thought that i have and that is and i don't know if this is helpful or not but i'm just going to say it you're not alone um sometimes i think it's really helpful when you're feeling completely overwhelmed or you're feeling like you're on an island you're feeling like there's no way that you're going to move forward you're feeling like you're trapped by all of the to-dos to feel like that there Um, it's often hard to see what direction to go next because you feel so alone in that moment as a leader or um, as an educator. And what I've found is the hardest but the most helpful thing to do um, is to ask for help, is is to actually reach out to those around me and say, I'm struggling or I'm feeling overwhelmed. And whether that's a circle of trust right there in your own school community, or maybe that's a circle of trust by grabbing the phone and getting on with another admin buddy or whoever it is. But um, but I think it's important to recognize this is a hard time of the year, especially as we're wrapping it up. Um, and I, Jen, I just think back in my own practice to the hardest times I've ever faced. And I had to ask myself, what have I done previously to get through a previous hard time? And one of the first things I've done is actually humbled myself enough to reach out to people around me and say, I'm struggling. And then begin to collaborate and ask others on my team for things that maybe we could share or ideas that they have for helping me get over the hump. And so I, I just want to start there because I think sometimes in the immediate, it's important to, um, as I uh, could say, don't play the superhero, tuck in your cape, and ask other people for help.
1: Well, and that's exactly what I was going to mention. You know, the the job requirement of a school leader is to look like you're holding it together, you're doing fine, you're so happy, so positive, so many celebrations this year, et cetera, et cetera. And so what that means is if you're feeling despair about the work and you look around at other colleagues and everybody seems to be doing just fine, it's very likely that they are struggling too. And that they're um the face that they're putting forward into the world um, on social media or in person or whatever is probably not reflective of how they're feeling and so you know I've talked before about the comparative culture about uh, for school leaders how we need our students our staff in our community to think that we're fine but that doesn't mean we are and so it's it's essential to pick up that phone and say to someone hey I'm feeling bad I think about if you've ever watched or run in a marathon you know at the end it's okay to look exhausted and sweaty and um, you know, leaning over your knees, gasping for breath. And everybody's like, oh, I know I did that hard thing too. I feel awful too. And that's not what this is, right? Because we we don't get to actively, openly, publicly sweat, gasp, collapse. We don't get to do that. And so we have to know that everybody did run the marathon with us and everybody's feeling kind of tired, but we may have to, um, to openly say, hey, are you, are you feeling like I am? Because we're not going to, it's not visible.
0: I'm going to pause here too, and because I feel like we're we're going to, I know from the conversations you and I have that we want to talk both about short-term ideas and some long-term ideas. So I'm going to stay in the short term for just a minute too, and give some a practical suggestion. And principal managers, listeners, if you want to reach back to me for like a sample or a resource Jen, I was just recently talking to a group of leaders about the end of the year. Like, what are your processes and and what are the strategies that you have for collaboration on the end of the year? And as a result, I I showed them a copy of an end of the year checklist that that we used at one of my previous schools, just kind of as a sample of like something you could share with your teachers as you're wrapping up the last month of school of things that they need to just have on a checklist of things that you know you're going to be asking for. So why not put it all in writing at the beginning? And then for um, another resource I'd like to use is creating an admin list of end of the year to do's. And that's going to be look different from every school is going to have a different kind of admin end of the year list, but things like reports that you know are due, those end of the year um, budgeting requests that you know. So I just keep a running list of those end of the year to-dos that I have and that I, and of course I worked on an admin team so I could share those with the team too. So sometimes there's practical things that can be done too to get all that out of your head and onto something that's right in front of you in in the form of a list and share that with other people on the team or ask them to help you put it together so that that stuff that's driving you crazy, you can actually look at it and begin to check those things off. We even did a shared Google Doc with my admin um, and office staff as we had the closing out, like the because we our teacher was at exit and we had 10 days to close out the school with all those other additional administrative functions. So we would create a shared Google Doc. And then as we were each assigning different things to to complete, we would go in and check that off the list. So we had a running list and we could, it felt so good to see those things getting marked off as we shared that together. So I don't know if that's helpful, but that's certainly been a strategy that's been helpful for me.
1: You know what we're trying this year? We um, get our administrators together before school starts. We have an, a retreat and we listened to our administrators this year and they said, you know, two days in August is great, but what if we did one in, in at the end of May? And so we're doing that this year, and and you know, quite frankly, I don't care if we just get together and and hold hands. I don't care <laughs> if it's it, it. The goal is to wrap up, you know, our building goals and to talk about what our successes were, what our challenges were, what we really want to think about next year. That's that's the intent of this retreat. But again, you know, in the past we've just kind of said, okay, whew, we made it, um, and then did our summer work and got together in August. But I'm really looking forward to this post-mortem so to speak where we can um, think about what it is that we did well how we can get more efficient how we can um, um share the successes and the and the challenges together as a team because I I'll, I think it will help be a bit of a you know medication on those open wounds of the 90 days of May <laughs>
0: I I think that's a great idea in fact I've had two um I have two different districts right now Jen that have reached out to me to come and do end of the year retreat professional development and we're using the book Pause me Flourish in these I'm so proud of these administrators because they reached out and said Will I'd like to end the year with permission for them to rest over the summer. And so let's talk about that too because when 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 you're facing a lot of difficulty stress hard into the year, I think it's also important to give yourself permission to schedule some rest, you know, because it is hard. I was listening to someone recently, I think it was on a, a podcast. Um I, it was, you were a guest on Chris Jones podcast.
1: Oh yeah. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I was listening to you, but so plug out to Chris Jones podcasts, um, seeing to lead. If you haven't got to hear Jen's interview over there, it was fantastic. And I'll, I can put a link to that in the show notes so that, um, if you receive the principal matters newsletter, you can uh, check that out. But then right after you, Jen, he was interviewing our friend, Danny Bauer, who does a lot of work with better leaders, better schools, podcast. And Danny said, do you realize that when you're not sleeping, that the effect that it has on you emotionally and in your brain chemistries is kind of like being drunk. Mm -hmm. He's like, so would you go to work drunk? (laughs) And so (laughs) he's like, no, you would not show up to school under the influence. And yet you're doing that to yourself when you Mm -hmm. refuse to rest. And so I just want to encourage leaders and not, and I'm trying to add guilt on top of the stress you already have of being up late and doing all the events you're doing, but it is okay to schedule rest for you.
1: One of the mistakes I make, and I know every principal does this, is I think, okay, great suggestion. Well, I'm going to do that. And then I look at my calendar and I'm like, well, I can't that day because I have that important meeting and I can't that day because there's this event and all of a sudden there's no days. And um, that's where it's it's helpful to have an accountability partner, whether it's a spouse or a friend or a parent or whomever it is that that knows you and knows your life well to say, you could miss that meeting, you could reschedule that meeting, you could um, send someone else to that event. Um, My husband is is so good at this. He says, honey, you're not that important um, it's okay. <laughs> and he says that with fine, with fondness and kindness and love, but it's, it's true. You know, there's the world that will continue. If you say, you know what, I, I need it. I need some time. I need a day. Even if it's a half day on a, on a lovely, um, afternoon to go and, and do whatever it is, that's going to make you feel less tired.
0: You're just so challenged me right now, Jed, because <laughs> i you know, right before we got on the show, you were asking me, how are you doing? Cause you know, we talked the last time we were together about, um, my father's recent passing and some of the other stresses of life, and I just before we got on the recording was looking at my calendar trying to find an upcoming weekend where I could just schedule some time away. And I, and I ended up closing it because I was I don't think I could make that work. And now I just made a note to myself that yeah. I'm going to go back and look at it and yeah. I'm going to make it work. I'm going <laughs> <You have> it- <laughs> to make it work. Yeah, I'm going to make and, it work. And, and, and you know,
1: it also, um, I guess, I'm talking more to administrators who have teams or administrators who are leading schools of teachers, when I say you're not that important, what I really mean is you probably have people that can hold the torch for you for a minute. Mm-hmm. And if you don't allow them to do that, you're diminishing their um, possibilities, their opportunities to shine. And you're saying I don't think they can do this without me, which means that um, you don't have full faith and they're going to be fine. they really could do it and and let them and take care of yourself. Now, I want to say I'm the pot calling the kettle black because there's also the component where sometimes it's easier to just be there. Teachers say this all the time, right? It's I'd rather not make sub plans. I'd rather just be there. It's easier that way. True, I'm not going to dispute that ever. But I will say easier doesn't necessarily mean that it, that you should do it. You might need to put the front end work into um, you know tooling somebody up to lead a meeting that you have to do or to um, oversee an event you tool somebody up and yes, that takes more time and effort. And yes, it might be easier to just be there, but the value that comes at the other end, when you spend that afternoon with somebody you love, or you um, take a long walk or, um, you know, see a movie, whatever it is that would fill you up. I think the value is worth the extra work.
0: Okay. So we've spent the first half of this conversation really responding to the short term but I want to switch gears, Jen, because, and I really like your input here because I know you've put some thought into this, which is thinking about the long term. Because leaders, for the long term, they need to have systems, strategies, and mindsets where you'll never, ever be able to remove the urgent. But you and I both know in school leadership that there are some things that we need to sometimes analyze about where we are in our work, where we wanna be in our work, and and maybe some things that we could um, maneuver for stronger, for lack of better words, job satisfaction in our work. So let's go there for a few minutes. What are some things you would say to a leader who's also kind of looking at the work that they're doing and feeling like they're facing burnout where they might need to do some long-term thinking?
1: Well, you set me up there because you know I have thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) So I do have thoughts. I was actually asked to come and work with um, some administrators in um, a couple states over. And it was a team that was really, really struggling with. um, And I'm going to use the word despair. I don't want to overuse such a big word, but um, feeling very trapped in the work, feeling like I can't do this. I want to do something else, but I don't even have the time to think about it. Kind of mimicking the question that you opened with from our listener. Mm -hmm. And I had done some planning for this with a friend of mine who works with mediation. He's a federal mediator and he has gone in and and worked through some really, really tricky things. And with his help, I had the words to um, help this team. And I said, first of all, we have to recognize our own agency and that pretty much everything that we do is a choice. And a lot of times we say, no, I don't really have a choice. I'm you know, locked into this retirement system, or I'm locked into this district, or I've lived here my whole life, or whatever, You know, the things that we tell ourselves to excuse the fact that we feel locked, right? Mm-hmm. But there are choices that we can make. And I find comfort in reminding myself that I'm not, nobody's forcing me to do anything. I may continue to do it. But it helps to take that moment and rethink, hey, I don't have to. So when when principals are really struggling and thinking, I don't know if I can continue to do this or what else I could do, I ask them and I ask this team, you need to think about your job satisfaction. You need to think about what your outcome is. Um, there's a question that I found very powerful when I worked with this team. I said, how many days do you think they have left? And they thought I meant to retire. I said, no, no, no. How many days on this earth do you think you have left? And I gave them time to think about that. And I said, I'm not trying to be morbid, but you have to think about this precious gift of every day. And if you are truly miserable, if you are truly in despair, you have to think about how many of those days that you have left that you're willing to allocate to misery. <laughs> And if it's if that equation, if that math doesn't work out in your head, you have to think about those choices you have. If you're exhausted, you have to think about what that exhaustion is telling you. Is it saying to you, hey, you cannot keep doing this? Is it saying you don't have to keep doing this? Or is it saying, hey, you need more sleep at night? There's different types of exhaustion. And it, it takes a, some deep digging to ask yourself those questions. But, um, the exhaustion is telling you something and, and we only have so many days to figure this out. <laughs> and then, um, just one more note and then I'll toss it back to you. Well, of course I could talk about this all day, but I've done a lot of work lately thinking about, um, productive focus and, um, I have a graphic that I shared at a at um, oh, at the ASCD conference where I presented when um, I didn't have you by my side, but I this was something you and I have talked about. and there's there's things principles work on that that matter. And there's things that um, principles work on in which we have a great deal of influence and power for change. And then in the middle of that is where we should focus. We should focus on things that not only matter, but that also we can influence and make better by our influence. And that's the area I call as productive focus. So if you're exhausted because your energy is being spent on things that aren't productive, you have choice there too, where you can say, you know what, this is an absolute thief of my energy and time. And there's no um, there's no ROI here, right? There's I'm not getting enough out of it. So I mean, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm either going to delegate it or i'm not going to do it anymore or whatever but that will will gain you back some of your energy and passion
0: hi friends i want to take a quick break here to ask you a question did you know that leaders learn better together when we isolate ourselves from the input and inside of others then we work within the limitations of our own ideas and experience And that's why I'm so grateful that you're listening to this podcast right now. It's also why I want to keep you informed of upcoming episodes as well as leadership academies, mastermind offerings, or executive coaching opportunities I'm making available to leaders like you. Go to williamdparker.com and check out the services link to learn more or visit my website and select the subscribe button to be on the weekly Principal Matters mailing list. Thank you so much for learning together. Now let's jump back into the rest of today's episode.
1: So those are a few of my thoughts. <laughs> I'll, I'll toss the ball back to you, Will, and then we'll see where this goes.
0: No, I love that, Jen. And you're reminding me of something else that um, recently I came across a resource that I've found to be a really helpful um, group activity. And I don't know if this would be helpful for Principal Managed listeners, but I can Again, I'll be glad to stick a a um a link in the show notes to this, but it's called the Happiness Box by from a book called Someday Is Not a Day in the Week by Sam Horn. And in that Happiness Box, she asks you to just create four quadrants. So picture a piece of paper that you cut into four sections. And section you have section one, two, three, and four. And in those sections, for section one you ask yourself the question, what are you doing in your life that you want to? And so you list those things that you're already doing that are those focus areas where you know you can make an impact and you like that focus. Question two for this area two is what are you not doing in your life that you want to? So there may be some things you know need to be an area of action, but you just aren't committing time to that. Area three is what are you doing in your life you don't want to? And that's the key for what you should be trying to find someone else to help you do or trying to figure out how to get it off your list. And then question four is what are you not doing in your life that you don't want to? And even though that sounds like a double negative, what she means by that is there are some things you used to do in your life. Like let's say, for instance, if you were a um, chronic smoker and you've quit that and you're really proud of that. Well, there's probably some other chronic habits that you used to have that you have outgrown, which proves that you can change. And so what I love about that, that reflection, when you take time to ask those questions is it gives you an opportunity to think about, you know, what are the positive actions and habits that I've learned and can celebrate? What are the ones that I still want to achieve? What are ones that I need to eliminate to make room for new habits? And then what are the habits that I've already eliminated that, can, that prove that I can do this? And every time I've done that with a group, Jen, it's amazing how quickly in that circle, Everyone becomes aware of the things that I want to work on and those things that I want to get off my plate. And so, it, so I, I don't know if that's helpful, but as you talked about your product, um, what you call it, your productive focus wheel, right. it just reminded me of, of, you know, some, some ways that might, some questions that might be helpful for listeners, for those of you listening to think about and how you can sometimes just refocus, you know, just take a step back. And, um, and just get perspective on your work too.
1: And it takes courage to let some things go, especially if they're habit. And this is not a lifestyle podcast. This is a school. <laughs> and so I'm talking about school-based things. You know, if there's things that you've always done and, but you're just not getting that return on investment, um, you know, with thought and planning and courage, you might be able to eliminate some of those things that are exhausting you. Um, The other the other thing I wanted to point out for this listener, too, is is sometimes it helps to just dig down into the why, um, why you what led you to this work and what keeps you here. Right. And I'm a big believer in writing down goals, starting with the outcome and then tracking backwards. So to ask oneself with a piece of paper in front of you, you know, what led you here and what are your end goals? Your end goal might be make it to retirement and not have to do this anymore um that and that's okay um so what is it that can make those days between now and then not awful (laughs) and um if your end goal is something else you know a different job to be a principal to um lead some sort of curricular change you know whatever that end goal is are you spending your days doing things that are going to lead you there and tracking backwards can be a pretty powerful exercise because you might think, oh my goodness, the time I'm wasting, I'm doing, I'm, I'm not working toward anything that's going to help my students, my staff, my community, myself. So it's, it's a worthwhile investment of time, I think, to start with your ultimate outcome and, and see what keeps you here.
0: I agree. I, I want to, I'm trying to think, Jen, of a, of a way to wrap up this conversation, and I'm not really sure there is. There's, well, I, I've got one. Okay, please. <laughs> I want to go back to the
1: listener's question because I read it and I felt so um I felt like I wanted to reach out and just hug this listener because I feel like that's what the listener needs. <laughs> the listener needs somebody to give them a compliment. That listener needs someone to say you can do this. The listener needs reminded that it is May and that um things are hard, that this work is hard, that we're working with humans and in a in a political and societal environment that's difficult. So you know, this isn't a job where you go, and I say this because I've done it, where you go and you bartend and you pour drinks and people um, pour into Ubers and go home and had a good night. It's not that job. It's a it's a job that is never going to be easy, and I worry sometimes that principals think this should be easier. Why is it so hard? Well, because everybody around you is acting like it's easy and it's not <laughs> so don't get caught in that comparative culture find someone who's going to remind you um why you got into this and what you're really good at and um you know all all these things that we suggested during this this episode i think are worth thinking about but just you know give yourself some grace and give yourself a little bit of a break because you feel yucky doesn't mean you're failing
0: i'm so glad you wrapped it up that way <laughs> um it's so true i mean um, leadership is hard. That's why That's why um, people that step into that calling or into that um, role have to expect that the climb will be difficult, that collaborating with others is going to be hard, that it will require a lot of courage, that it does require you to revisit, as you said earlier, the motivation that helped you step into this in the first place. I was talking to Uh, principal yesterday, an award-winning principal um, from a a turnaround school in North Carolina. And she said to me something that was so insightful. She said, well, I like the way that you keep revisiting the the habits that leaders need in order to stay focused in their work. But I also think it's important to remember why they need those habits to stay focused in their work. Right, right. Because ultimately, it's about the outcomes that you get to create for kids and for schools. So, so so, all of this hard work and even refocusing or even what Jen and I just did for the last 30 minutes of bringing us back to some questions that we may need to be asking about our practice are all for the betterment of those we're serving. And they'll help us, but when we're helping ourselves in, in maintaining our own growth and our own health, we're going to have healthier schools too. So, Jen, thank you so much for giving us this time today. And principal Matters listeners, if you want to reach out to Jen Schwanke or to me, Jen, how can listeners find you? jenschwanke.com Go there and connect to Jen's resources, or you can find mine at williamdparker.com. And until next time, thanks for doing what matters.
1: Thanks, everyone.
0: You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com check out the services link on williamdparker.com to learn more about leadership academies mastermind offerings and executive coaching if you're planning professional development for the year ahead or you're looking for keynote presentations from any of my books please email me at will at williamdparker.com thank you for learning together today and thanks again for doing what